Hello again. It's been a couple years. Let's explore once more the harmonious collaboration between distinct realms of nature and technology, fuzzy concepts as they may be. Today is Thursday, July 15th, 2021, and this is Maxime, host of I Like People. Today we'll take up the conversation of saving humanity, and whether that's even the best theme of the seven questions to improve the world, with a semi-anonymous Canadian. So, are you ready to uh, ready for the seven questions? Yeah, I don't know about the first question because I don't usually give out my personal uh, name. Oh, that's I think true. if that's what you're going. Yeah, I am the fakeologist and Aberato, so I don't. It's just not something I promote. But we can work around it. Okay, we can let's always work talk about it. my pseudonym because I have put a lot of thought into that. Okay, give us that. Where do your name and sense of identity come from? Well, my 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 actual Christian name is is Tim, and I, I didn't choose it not my favorite name in the world. I don't know how many people love their name. I've never been a huge fan of my name, either long or short form. I know it's biblical. Uh, we're not particularly religious. We're not, actually, we're, I would say we're agnostic as a family. And uh, generation one up and one more up and probably one more up from that. We're very agnostic people. Didn't identify with any religion. So in that sense, uh, my name is, to me, it's, almost meaningless just a word they don't really have a great affection towards it hmm. but my pseudonym i i actually chose that because i put thought into that well at least 10 minutes of thought and uh, my first pseudonym was aberrato which means angry man and i like latin a lot i think it should be taught in for at least a couple of years in high school because it is the root language and angry man just basically described my condition when I found out that there was more to life than what we were told. And then I just simplified it into a single word for domain registration purposes. And I chose fakeologist. And fakeologist, of course, is the study of media fakery and all fakery in life. And it certainly can extend out to all lies, including the biggest one in the history of the world that we are in the middle of right now. So that is my identity. I definitely identify as a fakeologist. Cool. I know mm -hmm. that I outlined seven questions, but I hope you don't mind if I mm -hmm. kind of dig into a little bit of what you said there. You can talk about whatever you want. I have no issues at all. Uh, the audience might like to know that you're the only fakeologist I ever met in the flesh from the website. Wow. Yeah. it's uh, You're the only one that made it through Toronto where I live. And of course, we met up for the day and uh, you got to go along on my work day, which is the main thing I do in life yeah, it was to a lot support of fun. a family. I'm glad you thought it was because I don't like I don't think I'd be as excited about tagging along with a uh, uh, someone on their work day. But I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, maybe I just like people. So I'm kind of curious about what they do and what makes them. Um, yeah, perpetuate their own lives with mm -hmm. whatever level of inspiration they have. Okay, well, that's a good way to be. Thanks. Hence the podcast, I guess. Yes. And you said that Latin was the root language. Could you explain more about what you mean by that? Well, I think Latin is definitely the root language of the English language, the legal language, the medical language. Many words aren't even translated from Latin into the medical legal system. So if we know Latin, then we'll have a better clue as to some of the institutions that rule over us. And of course, just ordinary English is heavily rooted in Latin. I would say Latin first, maybe Greek second. But really is a great way to understand language if you understand the root, where it or the origin of the words. So I always love words and I like looking up words and learning new words, and uh, I work in an industry where there are few words spoken, 
And that's why I use my podcast almost to practice speaking because I don't speak in the day. And I don't interact with high-level academics. Therefore, my language suffers. I know for sure I can't speak French because in French, all we learned is in school how to write it, spoke it, rarely. And we all know that just because you can write a language doesn't mean you can speak it or understand it spoken to you at all. I want you to continue, but I just wanted to add that I think that the way you use language is very nice. And it almost has a musicality to it, like it would be very suited towards radio. Thank God I'm on it, or whatever has replaced radio. I, I appreciate that. I try and be cognizant of the words I choose. I try and avoid the things that irritate me as a radio listener. I try and eliminate ums and ahs. I you know, am, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have, I don't I have know way the, too many of those myself. Well, I am super critical of, you know, I think like is the most abused word right now with young people. It makes me crazy. So if I ever catch myself doing that, I will flagellate my arm wildly just because that is such an egregious error. Mm. <clears throat> In my, in my mind, it, it, it's just a filler word. I'm not exactly sure what the grammatical description of words that don't have any place in a sentence. They're just used as filler words to eliminate pauses. But I'm trying to do more pausing in my podcast. The only danger is in radio, we're told that if you pause, then people think the radio or the podcast is stopped or stuttered, and then they might panic and or change the channel so i try not to pause too much i like that idea if possible and not to get too into the creative conversation of producing audio media because we could certainly talk about that for some time but i i would suggest that there probably are a few ways of getting around that warning for example playing some very soft background music so yeah. that people know it's still going. And yes. I would also like to yes. add that certain uh, certain amounts of pauses and silences are very useful. And it could be that it is only through the limitations of corporate media that we have these impositions, like you must always be talking to maximize commercial airspace and whatever. Yeah, you're right. I suppose as long as you're watching your screen where your audio is playing and you can see the counter still counting, then you then you know, even if it's quiet, that it's still going. But it's so hard I... to think about the next thing to think about without pausing. Yeah, and that is why pauses are useful and I think very human. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the yeah, next question. No, yeah, there's no rush to talk. But that pause was too long. Go ahead. Uh... Question. <laughs> what does being human mean to you? Oh, that is, is that's a very philosophical question. But I feel as though you are somewhat philosophical, or at least you are a deep thinker and you are trying to always articulate yourself better. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if you prefer a, a different question, the rules of the podcast are if if you want to rephrase it in a way that asks something that is more interesting to you or gets at the meaning mm-hmm. of the question better, please feel free to tell me what you think the question should be. But I've been asking this one for question two. Well, I think the if maybe you could extend being human into the meaning of life. And I think it's pretty basic. The meaning of life is to reproduce and to extend the human condition into the future. Therefore, it's a biological meaning, a practical meaning to me. Mm. And the, the older you get, the more you realize that there's more layers to life. There's more layers to being human than just the basics. And these layers are just to make the experience a little more palatable and maybe a little less animal, where if we don't concentrate on making our conditions great for us and for our future, our progeny, then we're not doing a good job. 
otherwise the question can be very philosophical and I don't think I've read enough books perhaps to give it a really good philosophical answer. I mean, that, that's philosophical but practical. Uh, you're, you're saying yeah. what I'm hearing is being human is about reproduction and yet that's just the sort of physical aspect of it and there's all these other things going on on the side that kind of give it flavor. Yes, give it a greater meaning perhaps. And we just, we get the humanity from other people. We just learn how to behave and act and potentially uh, live out the rest of our lives by learning from other people and modeling ourselves mainly after our parents because for most families, at least it used to be, that their parents are the most important people in their lives and they depend on them for a long time until they are fully formed and not independent enough to take a shot at life on their own without too much assistance. Nice. Yeah, I can't get any deeper than that. I wish I was deeper than that, but sometimes I think if I get too deep, uh, I'd lose the whole audience. Is being human about capturing an audience? I don't know. Being human is just... I, I hate to be too corny with corny phraseology. You're instance, free to be corny should... here. You have permission on my podcast to be as corny, cheesy, emotional, and yeah, real Yeah, I don't get you emotional. Want. You don't get emotional. No, I don't think so. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty stoic. That's a, polit that's a philosophical movement, sto stoicism. Yes. Anyway... All right. Well, yeah, I don't that, have I don't have any corny phrases. We should let's let's move on to another question because I, I sometimes I think if it's too broad an idea, then it's it just it just doesn't sound sensible. I see what you're saying. Okay, so then this might this might be problematic because the whole podcast is about broad concepts and coming to well, understandings okay. together. I'm I'm up are. for a challenge. We're doing something that I don't normally do. This is a different type of podcast. And I know you are a deep thinker yourself. So I want to try and get up to your speed and get into your headspace to try and test myself to see if it's something I can do. I can't guarantee I can do it. Just like we're told that a good portion of the world can't be hypnotized. I don't think I can be hypnotized. So in other words, my mindset, I just don't have those synapse, synaptic connections to get me into that area. Now, no one's really professionally tried to do that. So I know you're a, you're a more philosophical, deeper thinker than me. So your questions might uh, just bounce off me because I don't r resonate with them. But I can try. Moving forward, if any of these questions don't feel like something that resonate with you, I wonder if you would still be interested in this project of helping me develop the questions in such a way that these seven questions will do something towards saving the entire world. I'm always up to saving the world, so if the, if the questions can assist in that way, I'm, I'll try for okay, sure. Cool. All right, this is my third. I didn't know we were trying to save the world, but that's interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry. Actually, I should have I should have introduced them properly. Um, I call these the seven questions to save the world. Oh, wow. Is that the name of the podcast? No, that's the name of this segment of the podcast. Okay, let's uh, try it. Okay, uh, the third question in an attempt to save the world is to ask people this. What evokes wonder in you? What evokes wonder in me? Can you ask that in another way? Well, I recently replaced this question, thanks to the previous guest. I asked, <laughs> um, I asked the question, question three used to be, have you ever had an experience that made you kind of question your entire reality? And could you tell? Well, I think the one we're in right now has me questioning my entire reality. Because we are in the greatest mind control experiment in the history of the world that we know of. Because we only know the history we're told. We don't know if we're in the only book of history or this is the 50th book of written history. Mm. But the wonderment here for me is for the mass stupidity of the entire world. And how 
it's so clear to me what's happening and so unclear to the majority. So that evokes incredible wonder about how the human condition works and how only a very few people in the world in, that hold the lever of power can understand this and manipulate it right in front of people without them even understanding that they're being manipulated. Wow. Okay, so it's just so... the general human condition that is on full display right now in 2021. That makes me wonder. Let me let me break that down in a couple ways, if you don't mind. It sounds like we're suggesting, first of all, that someone can have a greater grip of reality than someone else. And second of all, mm -hmm. that that can be concentrated as a like a commodity of some kind and the and and there's a nefarious uh, population a small population it sounds like you're saying that has concentrated this and and is controlling it for nefarious purposes well it's nefarious to me but it may not be to them but that makes me wonder every single day and it's it's fascinating to me i can't explain it i don't know what makes people like me and, and of course yourself above the majority of the population. We're on the good side, I think, because we're not trying to exercise this power. But we are trying to understand how it works and we're trying to understand why it works. So that evokes wonder to me. That's my main focus and it has been for nine years. I can't get off it I can't get out of it right now. I'm not trying to understand, for instance, why biology works the way it does, because that, of course, the miracle of life is probably one of the most magical things that we can't even begin to understand. But just day to day, of course, we're in this COVID psyop, and I am wondering if people that understand what's going on are going to be able to cope with the vast majority that are complete drones that are potentially heading towards a group demise. I don't like to be too down on the situation, but sometimes I wonder. Wow, that's intense. Um, I think you're the first I guest that, that's had such an apocalyptic kind of narrative about what's woken you up to some new understanding. Is it possible that you could be wrong? Well, I put the question out there nine years ago to see if anyone else saw what I saw, and so far, there's more people every year that agree with me. So that means that they are wrong, too. Hmm. Now, every the, that still means the majority. The majority don't see what we see. They may say we're wrong. But I think a growing number of people, as they get squeezed into the grinder, at least have now time to think about things and are pausing a little more to think about what's happening in, in the world. Hmm. And they're probably way behind us, so their wonderment level is much higher. But uh, Do you ever get concerned with your use of the words like above and ahead and things like that, which kind of juxtapose a division in humanity where one is um, apparently better than another? Well, no, because I don't think people are equal in any way. They are biologically equal for a while, but uh, overall, no, no, it's okay. I understand that there's a strata in life. There's a strata in knowledge, a strata in the physical and I'm okay with being in my whatever level I am at. I don't I don't even know what level I'm at. I know I'm not at the dumb level. I'm not stupid. What's your threshold for your tolerance of language such as people saying uh, one population is superior to another? Oh, I well, I have no problem saying that there are a group of people in the world from all physical and cultural backgrounds that are smarter than others. That just makes sense. That's just a biological fact. So, so I have no problem with that. 
So the thing that evokes wonder in you, to summarize, if I'm understanding correctly, is that some people are apparently smarter in some way? No, actually, I'm more in wonderment about how easy it is to manipulate people, the, the vast majority. Now, does that make the manipulated stupid? Maybe. Mm, does it make see. them weak? Maybe. Yeah. I don't see how anyone can bring up any other topic of wonderment in the last year and a half. Would you be surprised to know that there's been 15 episodes before this where people gave a completely different answer? Uh, well, if they were done during the time that we're in, yeah, that's surprising. But maybe people would block out the reality of the day because there isn't a place on Earth that's not talking about what, we, what I talk about on a mostly daily basis. Is that an okay question to ask people? And do you think that asking this question will get responses that lend itself to saving humanity? I don't see how it relates to saving humanity. But weren't you just talking I... about how being aware of something could prevent like a, a, a large population from doom? Yeah, but that's my particular bent. Every every question I answer is is in my truth paradigm. I'm I'm stuck in a truth paradigm, and it really can annoy people that aren't in a truth paradigm that are around me. It's probably extremely annoying. So I have a very focused mind. I'm not sure how I can break out of it. Maybe if I started uh, abusing alcohol or drugs or just create destruction in my own life. But unfortunately, it's the only topic that I can think about because when a false reality is presented to me everywhere I go, I it just causes me to react in my truthful way. Like, you can't even ask me about a movie, a story, anything. It just gets filtered through my super cynical truth lens. Well, are you a stoic or a cynic? You have to pick. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, so, the, so to, to kind of boil it down, it sounds as though a lot of things evoke wonder in you and wake you up to different ideas of reality all the time. Is there a first instance of that that you can recall that that really made you shift into this, what you call truth paradigm? Just the investigation into a, an event that the whole world experienced somewhat simultaneously and making the incredible realization that the story was absolutely not as we were told. That was the absolute pivotal moment that I realized that there's a whole other side that I knew, didn't know existed, but I knew when I found out about it that it answered so many questions that were left unanswered. Wow, that's but Yeah, 9-11 for sure, for sure. Just pivotal. Maybe it was for you too. Perhaps so. Question four. What is the best way we can honor life? The best way we can honor life is to continue life and to promote it. Ah, and nice. to extend it into the future, for That's sure. very succinct. And to reproduce. And reproduce. Absolutely. Question five. What does community mean to you? Community means, and I learned this recently, that you go find the others that are of like mind and try and resonate with them in a positive way. Oh, that's very nice. That's really nice to think about. Well, yeah, I had a, a really interesting podcaster come into the community here and Fakeologist is just a tremendous community. It's therapeutic to me because I don't have to argue with the people that come by. They are of very similar mind. We only argue about trivial and trifle things for the most part. So therefore, we know we agree on a high percentage basis, and we can then explore 
other topics without getting into too much friction. And one of those people that came on had a username, go find the others, which I needed a little bit of explanation. And when he explained that you shouldn't waste your time with communities that are foreign and hostile or toxic to you, you should go find the others, which I think he lifted from a Timothy Leary expression and maybe modified it to his own username, go find the others. I just thought that was brilliant mm. where that's the best way to survive. That's a survival mechanism for human beings. You, you just have to stay with your people in whatever way you identify yours as. Mm. It could be the same culture, the same geographical location, the same religion, really the same belief system in so many different forms. Community is just resonating with people that are like-minded. You really have a limited time and you, you should just try and make the best of it and try not to struggle with too many conflicts because there's not enough time to resolve all of them. Question six. What projects mm -hmm. or collaborations are you presently most excited about? Well, the project is the project I'm in, the nine-year project of fakeology, the study of media fakery, and extending it into a broader community because I think it's a very valuable, positive way of looking at the world. And it's an excellent way for people to feel better about what's happening around them. But yeah, I'm, I am deaf. This is, this has been my daily project daily for nine years. I don't think I've really had a day off from it where I haven't tried to work on it in some way, whether it be software or whether it be writing something or recording my voice, saying something. And my favorite thing, of course, is meeting new people that maybe have been listening or lurking. And then they finally decide that it's time for them to say something and chime in and add their voice. That's what I've been working on this whole time and enjoying it. That's great. It does raise a question for me that you say this is kind of very uplifting for you, mm -hmm. while at the same time, under question three, you sounded almost sorrowful for the people who who haven't um, made it to some level of awareness or understanding. So you must think in some way that your project or collaboration might be saving the world a little bit perhaps or maybe well it's it's doing some something to to change your perspective there is some trepidation around my research and will it always be able to go on in a in a hostile world i think what we're going through now is a war it's dangerous and I'm most leery of mobs and mob mentality and the tyranny of the majority. And because all my research is and in interest is information-based, sometimes I worry that the information that can help unravel the majority's profound ignorance may be looked at in a hostile way. And they may try and end it. So it's a bit of a race between awakening the majority or the elimination of dissent. And you've seen more and more people coming to your project with appreciation, I'm hearing. So it sounds like it's kind of a, um, it's going well. I think it's going well. I think it's moving in, the, in a positive direction. I wish it would move a little more quickly, but I'm not sure what the trajectory is going to be in the future. I don't have the answer to increasing its diffusion into the masses. I don't have a propaganda ministry behind me. I have one in front of me blocking me at all times. Therefore, it, it's definitely an uphill battle. But it feels right. I'm being true to my views. It's true to me. It's 
true to many people and I reconfirm maybe with the confirmation bias every day by looking at certain stories and finding certain evidence and pieces of them that fit my worldview. And I do look at the other side of the story. I, I don't mind someone challenging me, but I don't get a lot of challenges. So I do end up repeating and refinding all the things that I've been looking at for the last nine years. Are you interested in a small challenge? Sure. Tonight's the challenge because this is a different type of podcast for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that I've been going through is experiencing the realization that uh, there have been many, many people throughout known time believing they have the one truth and trying to push it on others, often in a aggressive or hostile way and I don't think you're doing that and I don't think I'm doing that but I wonder also about the value of not doing it and trusting the universe to uh, nurture us and take care of us without our feeling any desperation to push a particular view after all we could be compared in some ways, to zealots of a religion. And as you may have also realized yourself, every religion has its benefits and its things that it takes away from humanity. And I think that all beliefs have value, even ones that we might view as stupid in a particular time. So the challenge mm -hmm. I would bring is, is there some way that you can feel good about what you're doing without feeling the need to convert people to your views? Well, yeah, and I don't ever think I want to convert people. People need to pull the information from my website and from me. I don't push it on them because I know the old, story grim fairy tale maybe it was between the sun and the wind where they issued the challenge challenge was issued to them who can make the man remove his coat and of course the wind was the pushy one and the sun was the gentle one and the sun won long and the short of it without telling the tale ex exactly so no i i just like to present what i think is the right information and let people come to it so I don't, I don't really try and push people on it. I give people a, a small branch or even a small thread and place it in their, in their reach. And if they pull on it, then I will give them the whole ball of yarn <laughs> as time goes by. I really, I know for sure you can't convince people of anything, especially as they are older and more set in their ways. How do you reconcile your calm behavior with the seemingly turbulent inner world of concern for their well-being if they don't understand the information? Well, I don't know why I'm a calm person. I certainly have been around enough hysterical people that I just know that their hysterics don't work and they get people turned off really quickly. So I like to be a little measured and a little calm and maybe I just don't have enough energy to be super hyper. I, but I've always just I've always just been one to sit back and watch the loud people do a show and I often am envious of them but at the same time I usually think, oh, I couldn't do that, and I'm glad that I'm not that kind of boisterous personality. But yeah. it, I think it's just something that's innate. I don't necessarily think you can change your your nature very easily. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can really change my way of thinking. So I, I sort of speak the way I think. I'm not a fast thinker. Maybe I'm a Sort of a slow deep thinker and i don't get many concepts i think i'm more 
a mile wide and an inch thick, except fakeology, of course, which is uh, just a collecting and a collating of uh, what I think is truth. But yeah, my 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 slow demeanor, my calmness is really not something that uh, I've I've worked on. It's just it's just me. I suppose it's all how you manage depth. I think that sometimes you you dig a hole in your shallow, wide lake, and sometimes yeah. you cover it up again, and you say, "Well, no, I'm only about an inch deep." But it's also how you measure depth. Perhaps to mm-hmm. um, a small being, your depth is pretty dang deep and insurmountably wide. But to, yeah. anyway, that was meant to yeah, be encouraging. Well, but I'm happy the way I am. I practice trying to speak positively. That's one thing I, I, I practice on a few things. And I'm content with my knowledge. I'm content with what I know. I think I can navigate life. Life is definitely a challenge. It's definitely very imperfect. And we just have to deal with it without getting too stressed out. Because the purpose of life is to make it to the end and not short circuit out early. I watch the hare fly by. That's the way I I live. And the tortoise. And hopefully the best is yet to come. Absolutely. It always is. Question seven. How can we all realize more human happiness together? Well, just focus on, try and focus on the positive, positive future and not get too bogged down and dwell in the past. Really just concentrate on finding people that are like-minded and try and figure out how you can make people around you more positive by, in my case, seeing through the lies that are hurting people. So trying to get people to shed their negative, dangerous thoughts. Obviously, I can get caught up in negativity easily. It's a constant challenge. So, But it's it's mainly, I think, to seek out the others that think like you. I think that's the a major key. And not get overwhelmed with the, the negativity. It's deliberately sown all around us. That's That's a great message. I'm wondering if you wonder you. how I do whether some of that sowing of discord is actually an attempt that people are making to find community and they're just doing it in such a clumsy way that they end up dividing people. Oh, no, I think the people that uh, manage the human flock are deliberate in all their actions. They're not trying to help. I am convinced of that. There's no mistakes being made in the sowing of discord. Nope. <laughs> Well, that's clear enough. Thank you for answering yeah. the seven questions to save humanity, by the way. I'm not sure how much progress we've made, but hopefully it's done something good. Let's move on to the second segment, well, which is all about music. All right. What is your choice of song? Oh, I have so many songs. I know. And actually, yeah, well, I love music, of course. I, I've been exposed to most music, but I'm a product of the 80s and 90s. I would say the 80s. I'm a, I grew up in the 80s with music and that caused me to look into the immediate past, which was the 70s and the 60s, which because it was the largest population of the era, it was the most creative because there was a, just, just a sheer numbers situation where there's so many people there were just more creative people available. I can look at my music folder now, see... So I have, for instance, in alphabetical order, I'll read it quickly, ABBA, Adele, Alan Parsons, Alanis Morissette, Amanda Marshall, Amy Winehouse, Beatles, Bee Gees, Boston, Shock Circle, Crowded House, Electric Light Orchestra, Elton John, Elvis, Eminem, Genesis, George Harrison, Jerry Rafferty, Grease, Honeymoon Suite, In Excess, Jefferson Airplane, Al Jolson, Kate Bush, Kim Mitchell, Lord, Loverboy, Neil Young, Nirvana, Olivia Newton-John, Paolas, Pink Floyd, Queen, Ray Charles, Roger Daltrey, Ruel Rush. I have Simon Shack here. You'll be happy to know. He has a directory on my music folder. Uh, there's a really fascinating guy that I don't even know if he's a real person. 
called Sixto Rodriguez or Sugar Man, which is a fascinating story. Squeeze, Steely Dan, Super Tramp, The Call, The Cars, Tom Cochran, Tom Petty, Tracy Chapman, Tragically Hip, yes. And tons of other miscellaneous people that don't have their own folder, but they have quite a few songs. That's a great list. Well, I'll, I'll give you tonight's song that came up, and it was one that I was humming because a passage another song evoked it. It sounded like a guy talking into a phone, and then I couldn't remember the name of the song, so I hummed it a bit. Nobody around me could identify it, but I just kept circulating it in my brain to see if I could spark some neurons to get it. I did keep a copy of it in my musical directory. So then I went on YouTube and someone uploaded it five years ago and it has 521 million views. And I thought for what I think is a one hit wonder, that is insane. But I, maybe I don't know the artist well enough. I just knew the one song. Let me guess. Is it video killed the radio star? That's a good one too, but I don't know if you've heard of it. I can play it for you. It's called uh, feel good Inc. Oh, that's Feel Gorillaz. Good Inc. Do you know it? I don't so, think we. I don't 80s? think we played Gorillas in a while. No, that was the early two thousands. Um, they're one of my favorite artists. Really? Yeah. No uh, kidding. No, let's go through it. Wasn't and... that neat? even know what they're saying to be honest with you i just like the music i never i've always been one person that could never make out the words and i've always bought albums where you could get the lyrics and but just could never get most words never get most meaning unless they spoke super slowly or it's a ballad I couldn't even give you one sentence from that song. I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, gorillas are known for, I think, is it Damien? I can't remember the lead singer, but I think he was also the lead of Blur. And okay. He, and he is known for making cryptic lyrics, but also some songs uh, genuinely like Glossolalia or whatever, where you you it's it you can't quite understand what he's saying or singing. Um that's one of the joys of that group, in my opinion. Yeah, Damien Album. Yeah, 1998 was... It's a virtual band, it says here. I really don't know anything about them. I just know that that song resonated. The artist who does the illustrations and the animations is the guy behind the comic book Tank Girl, which was a big 80s mm. underground comics hit in the black and white boom. But in any case... Yeah, that's your area of expertise. I am not a comic book person. I know almost nothing about comic books. The only comic book, uh, if you want to get into my comic book history, is called Tintin. And I got all those books in the 70s. Air they Jack. were hard to find. Mm-hmm. Yes. He and, made the clear line and I re- Or at least he made it very popular. Yes. I just thought they were really interesting mystery stories. The art was beautiful and the characters were interesting. And yeah, it's that, that was the extent of my comic books. You, that's your area of expertise for sure. Isn't it? Illustration. I know something about it. However, I think most people would be disappointed 
in my community with how little I know about comics, actually. I enjoy the art form more than I enjoy a particular artist from the art form, if that makes sense. Sure. I honestly don't know the lyrics. I just like the song, uh, to be honest with you. What What do you like about it? I just like the music. And I like the way it uh, has some unusual sounds to it. The actual part where he just starts talking through what sounds like a phone is an interesting sound as well. It was just sort of a funky, untraditional song that I would not say I, I mostly identify with. I just like something different. So that's what it is. The best way I can describe it, I really can't get too much deeper than that. Did you first hear it on the radio, do you think? Because that was one of the radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard it on the radio for sure. We call it alternative radio here. Yeah, that's so interesting because for me, that is one of the more mainstream songs that I listen to. And yet it's Mm -hmm. also still quite alternative in, in some ways. My brother says that Gorillaz is fun because they basically take existing genres and just put their own kind of unique spin on each one. Honestly, I didn't don't even know their whole catalog. I would suggest listening to some of their newer stuff. It gets very weird and they start to have more guest artists, people who are mm-hmm. famous. I think the or even semi-famous. Their newest album includes Elton John as well as Yeah, it says here they turned they turned 20. They're 20 years old. That's interesting. Yes. And also Beck, they have done some amazing collaborations outside of the more well-known names like Snoop Dogg. One of my favorite songs of theirs is a funny remix of sorts by a DJ that, as far as I can tell, is known mainly for that strange remix. Well, I'm looking at their YouTube channel. It's big. A lot of stuff. Tremendous catalog. (laughs) Who knew? Well, you knew, but I did not. Do you have a name of something I can play? The track that I really like that I'm talking about is Clint Eastwood with Ed Case and Sweetie Irie. A refix. Irie is amazing here. He does some really interesting rapping that I haven't heard before and haven't heard since. What is the name of that? The original one is Clint Eastwood, but what I love about this particular version is that instead of going with the radio hit expectations, they kind of merged it with an almost reggae hybrid with techno. And I I like that. I love how they're playing with the genres and and just moving freely between them. I I really admire that about artists who can kind of give you a feeling like... Feel my motion, feel my motion. Music is from the street, designed to make you move your feet. Feel my motion, feel my motion. Na na na, na na na. You're listening to something that you're expecting, that pop song kind of satisfaction, but then it moves you into a droning where you're just hearing something over and over in a very 
nice hypnotic way, but like you, I don't know if I can actually be hypnotized, so instead, it just becomes um, a pleasant sensation. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was okay. It was good. I like the original song. I guess it's called Clint Eastwood. I was getting mixed up. I thought Clint Eastwood was in the song or had some cameo. Yeah, I like it. Good stuff. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Do you think you will check out more Gorillaz music in the future, or do you find yourself getting distracted by, you know, a million different artists? Well, now that I know it, they're so prolific, I think it's possible. I tend to gravitate towards the top 10 songs of an artist. I'm very much... Uh, attuned with say spotify's most popular songs per artist i tend to go far and wide with artists i don't get too deep with some artists <laughs> i love it that's like your motto yeah because any enduring artist goes through different sounds and different uh, pathways and i'm not loyal to a fault i don't follow them down every street they travel there's just no way they have periods that I like, and then they take a different path, and we part ways. That's awesome. So let's talk about that that pop music phenomenon. Why do you think pop music has that particular draw, and the things that don't quite make it to the radio, um, the things that might be a little too weird or a little too that artist without the broad appeal, why does that draw us in? Is it actually that the songs are better? They're They're well they're better balanced or well i think they're formulas the human mind is well understood by people that create and cater to it and there are formulas of compositions of songs are whether it be bridges or um, I, I don't know all the components of a song just uh, different frequencies and there's only so many combination of chords i think there was a few YouTube videos that was sh was showed there was a certain three chord sequence that has been used in most of the top hits, and I think human minds are well understood, and that comes into play when when you create music. I think whoever the Beatles were, whatever conglomerate created their library, I think they knew exactly what works and what sells fascinating so you're someone who in on the one hand kind of wants to help people resist mind control and on the other hand you have an almost admiration for it and how it can play with and entertain the mind in general i have an admiration for anyone who's figured out the system figured out how it works and i just think that humans are way simpler to the smart people than we can imagine. We're not that complicated. Yeah. Trigger points, we're easy to figure out when you have the formula and you can pass it down to the people that want to continue on the manipulation of the human condition, for sure. I, I'm sure of it. Music especially. So this kind of leads pretty well into the question from the last guest, Gopi. What I usually do is ask people to ask the following guest a question that they won't hear any answer to unless they listen to the next episode. And Gopi asked the following guest, which would be you, who mm. is a person or character or cultural figure from your own culture who still succeeds in inspiring you? Mm. I am not a great follower. You, you like the technology, so I don't have... you don't really follow like particular individuals, right? Yeah, not really. Not really. I there are there are some people that are super brave that if if you wanted to ask me right now today who I think is being very brave and seems real because I know I'm easily deceived even though I study deception. I know I can be deceived. And right now in the community that is trying to expose the tyranny that's befalling the land of Canada. I think there's a young guy who is very inspirational that is getting a lot of flack. He's brash. He's arrogant. He is energetic. He is sort of uncontrolled. Well, he appears uncontrolled, like a wild horse. And people are trying to harness his energy. 
like a storm. He's tracking across the land back and forth. It's not going to mean anything perhaps in five years or even one year. But uh, that guy's name is Chris Skye, who is really helping expose what I think is the worldwide agenda right now. And he's one of the only people that is talking in such a forceful, strong way. He is a bit of an inspiration to me, even though he's younger than me. I don't identify with his lifestyle in in the way that he is independent and not dependent on the system necessarily or have dependents. But he is definitely a very fascinating person of the moment and has been for about a year in Canada. I don't know if he has made it down into your media because the American media is very, very, very powerful and doesn't let a lot in from the rest of the world. Correct. But in Canada, for sure, we have our own person that's making some pretty big waves in this small country. Well, that's very exciting. Thank that, you for sharing that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will look into Chris Sky. Do you have a question or a message for the next guest? Preferably a question. I'm looking at your email that you sent about the seven questions to save humanity. And I often like the question how people see the future, what form of what form of government they foresee the world living under, say in twenty thirty. That that's always interesting. So because we're in such a transformative period now, I think most predictions are almost always wrong. But yeah, I'd ask the guests, let me just reiterate, what will the predominant form of government be in the world? So in other words, if you could, in case there's clarifying questions for me next episode, can you be more specific Mm -hmm. about what you think someone would say if they were asked about that today? What is the dominant form of government today? Well, will it be a representative democracy? Will it be a communitarian dictatorship? Will it be a... Anarchy? Yeah, I don't see anarchy as being a possibility at this time. Do you don't think that's what we're living in? Anarchy? Yeah. No, I think it's it's a capitalistic... It's a capitalistic... It's moving into a communitarian tyranny right now. A doctatorship, authoritarian, crony capitalist system is enabled by technocracy Mm. and technology. It's Yeah, the question is, will communitarianism, which is a word that most people don't know the definition of, will it be the dominant form of government in 2030? Interesting. Some people might not view that as negative. For instance, people who live in smaller, I don't know, let's say intentional communities where the larger county, state, and even federal governments don't really affect them all that much. Now, you're saying this is different from what sounds to you me more like a a statist imposed top-down artificial communitarianism yeah it's very different than i think most people understand it's definitely a centralized top-down technocratic communitarianism where they use technology and technocracy to implement societal changes and implement societal rules what if there is no dominant government now or in 2030 does the question still apply like what i'm saying is could you not using nuance define each government and each nation in a particular way that creates a sense of diversity between them or would you say that all of them fall under something that allows you to unequivocally say that most governments are one particular thing because for me that is not obvious at the moment. Yeah. Well, and you're in a different part of the world and you only see what Yes, I only see my unless you, and my network. Yeah. You really do. You unless you really make an effort to break out of your immediate media, it's not easy to get the big picture and it, of course it also depends on your interest. You may be concentrated on your local situation or hyper-local situation. I see it as a worldwide phenomenon 
that is only going to intensify unless there is a realization of the core lie that it's being built on. Interesting. Um, okay, I think I understand the question. That I will leave in your wording, and uh, we'll just see yeah. however you can maybe refine it. Response. Yeah, you can refine it in any way you want. I I don't have the perfect question. It's no, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. We're going to ask that. That's going to be fun. I'll listen to that episode now because cool. I don't know who's going to answer it, but yeah, I always want to hear other people's view. Maybe they haven't even considered the concept. But that's there's... actually true, and you and that gives me the opportunity to explain the concept in a fun way. So that pretty much wraps up the show. We don't have any other segments. Oh, there's just those three. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, thank you for asking. It's it's been a challenge for me. Because it's just not my normal way of thinking. Yes. You have a you, you think on a different plane than I do, for sure. Oh, dear. <laughs> we can only have overlaps in our thinking between people from different backgrounds. It's still interesting because, obviously, I have great respect for your mind because I know that it takes a, a certain type of mind to decode the information around you and make it make sense. Well, thank you. That's so kind. And I do also agree that for the most part, that's kind of the way things work, really, is there is no one unifying concept. There are only intersectionalities and overlaps. And if that's the best we got, then I will do the best we can with it. Well, that's something that is going to be beaten out of us over the next few years. This individualism individuality is at great risk right now the diversity in thought is definitely being purged from the system as far as i can see because dissent is rapidly heading towards some kind of criminalization Hmm. well perhaps it's only that people are clinging to a system that no longer can exist and it will crumble in a way that is beautiful because there have been people resisting domination, oppression, and this sort of thing for a very long time. And what's happening, from my perspective, is many people who have not experienced that level of oppression before are now experiencing it. And it will cause, unfortunately, greater understanding of what that oppression and suffering has been for a very long time. And people have been ignorant to it because they've lived in privilege and in um, kind of blissful ignorance of it. But the good news is that it's not a sustainable empire. It won't last. No. Well, nothing do. lasts forever. Exactly. Yeah, nothing lasts forever. People that want are running it don't change it. Then someone will change it for them. So you, they just have to hope that they're changing it in a way that the majority agree with. Because if they don't, then it'll be unraveled. Yeah, we'll it's... see what, how the majority versus the minority works. Hopefully, the majority opinion is that we still value diversity. And I think that is holding true so far. Although I do think that humanity will experience what it's already experiencing, which is a split it's kind of like a, uh, I, a schism. I, yes, I'm not going to call it evolution because that that word is too loaded. But I will say that it will cause not an evolutionary split, but a kind of um, a split in the species. There will be those who wish to be more cyborgian and those who don't. Mm. And there will be all sorts of divisions in between and even unanticipated ones. However, I think that there doesn't have to be war between them if we do this right. Yes, I think the best word is one that IPS uses, a talk show I listen to on the daily, and it's schism, which is a division, a separation, a formal division in or separation from a church or religious body. It's uh, kind of like the, we're in schism. the Martin Luther moment. Or of if if you if you follow the the Christian stories, yes, the division in the church, dissension in belief, civil strife. 
It comes from the Latin. As here we go with bringing it back home to the original topic I was bringing up. And the Latin word schisma or schisma, the division of opinion, dissension in the church, borrowed from the Greek schismat, schisma or cleft, division of opinion. That's what's happening now, and it's happening in an epic way. Yes. And I don't know how it's going to end up. I don't know either, but I, yep. I wish you and your family all the peace and well-being and harmony thank you. that you can have. You certainly deserve it. Oh, thank you, and thanks for bringing me on this very different talk. Where can people find these audios? Are they available readily? Um, sure. You can search it on iTunes. Unfortunately, I don't really concern myself with other mm -hmm. aggregators at the moment. Uh, it's just called I Like People. You can also go to maxime.com forward slash I Like People, and that will get you to the home site, which allows you to download the podcast directly or listen to them in the web browser, which I learned from you. So thank you for all those tips. And, and also thank you so much for encouraging me to get into audio when I was very hesitant to share my voice and my thoughts with the world via that medium. Um, because it's because of you that You're I was welcome. able to really get into audio in such a really fun way and wonderful. Oh, way. you're absolutely welcome. You're a great writer, but not everyone reads. I think more people listen than they do read, unfortunately. Ha 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 ha!